You are about to enjoy a presentation recorded at the 2022 Michigan Conference Camp Meeting held at Cedar Lake, Michigan. We pray that the Lord will bless you as you listen. Our gracious God, our loving Heavenly Father, Lord, we, we are just so privileged to be in your presence. We praise and we thank you, Lord, for giving us another day. And Lord, I pray that uh, may everything that we discuss will all be led and guided and anointed by the Holy Spirit. Hide me behind your cross, Lord, that I may not be seen or be heard, but Jesus and Jesus alone be seen, be heard, be lifted up, and exalted. Thank you so much, Lord, for teaching us your ways. And Lord, I pray that uh, may you give us a teachable heart, especially me, O oh Lord. And Father, I pray that may you lead us in the path that you desire for us to walk on. And teach us, Lord, how to follow the example of Jesus, for he asks all this in the loving and precious name of your Son, Jesus, and anointing power of your Holy Spirit. All your children say, Amen. Good morning. So this morning, I'd like to share something that uh, it's it's been a blessing to to learn from to learn from the greatest example of all, and is Jesus. Can you say Amen to that? And if there's someone who whom you want to learn from when it comes to prayer, it should be Jesus. And uh, and friends, wonderful thing. While I was reading this story, I did not even I did not even imagine that this will be somehow an explanation for me. Why do I need to spend time in His presence? I'm talking about the Mount of Transfiguration. Remember that story? Oh, friends, I don't know about you, but every time I read Desire of Ages, no matter how many times I read it, there's still something new that comes out. And in that story. I'm talking about spending time in the presence of God. Not just five minutes, but quite a long time. Who among you here has experienced all night of prayer? Was it an amazing experience? Was it an amazing experience? And friends, for those of you who have not experienced an all night uh, prayer, you might be thinking, Jen, that's quite scary. Actually, to be honest, I got scared when I heard that I'll be leading out in in an all-night prayer. And I'm thinking, how am I going to function the next day? Isn't it? And, and friends, for me, when I, when I sleep past like 2 a.m., the next day, I'm a doormat. Seriously. I'm, I'm, I don't know how to function. But when I first experienced, what's this? When I first experienced an all-night prayer, Friends, it was awesome. It was amazing. And I did not know where my strength comes from. Now I know where. It's in, from spending time in His presence. But as it goes on, like year by year, I was asked in this conference, in this ministry that I was involved before, that I was about to lead out in the all-night prayer. Friends, I got more and more anxious because, you know, my lifestyle, I've been traveling constantly. So spending the all-night prayer needs to have a heart preparation and physical preparation. Would you agree? Because even spending time with the Lord in the morning, you have to be intentional of making your day or night right with God. Everything should be arranged a day before that you will go to bed earlier than you usually go. If we want to wake up at 4 a.m., uh, what do they tell, uh, what do they uh, say, uh, wide-eyed and bushy-tailed? Huh? If you want to wake up in that condition, then you must be prepared to sleep early. Can you say amen? 
Then in order for you to sleep early, then you have, you have to make it sure that you could finish everything that you need to finish before, before nine o'clock or before eight o'clock. So, and I believe God rewards our intentionality. So friends, in this, in this season of prayer, I was blessed by it, but there's something that's quite missing that I could not point my finger on. I'm thinking, what is this? It's nice to come to the Lord with your brothers and sisters, lifting up the burden of each one. Isn't that amazing? When you know that your burdens are lifted up, and, and there's even one, one time that we're asking people to come at the center and pray over them. And it's, it's amazing, isn't it? When you know that your burdens are being prayed for by other people in the room. And then it became like, there's like lines of people wanted to be prayed over. I'm thinking, oh Lord, I don't know what time I'll be able to sleep. And then I begin to see that what attracts us of spending time in the presence of God is the burden that we carry, isn't it? Huh? Is the burdens that we carry because it's a blessing to have a church that prays. It's a blessing to have friends that prays. And I begin to realize that that is just my motivation of coming to the Lord in prayer. But friends, you know what? That's one motivation, but that should not be the main focus. Here, I begin to realize when I read this amazing story of the Mount of Transfiguration, of what we get by spending time in the presence of God. Because there's just more than just lifting up of the burden that the Lord someone wants to do in us. This, this story, friends, is found, is found in the Desire of Ages. And by the way, for those of you who gave me your, your emails, I will, I will give you the, the entire thing when all of these things are done. So tomorrow would be our last lecture. So, little background. Before going to the Mount of Transfiguration, remember, Jesus chose Peter, James, and John to go with him. And friends, this is the description of before the climb. The Savior and His disciples have spent the day in traveling and teaching, and the mountain climb adds to their weariness. So it was not just a hill. It was a mountain. <laughs> and they were climbing after they were done with the ministry. Friends, who among you here are mountain climbers? Who loves to climb mountains? Raise your hand. Only one. So most of you are like me. <laughs> I don't want to climb mountains. <laughs> I love the beach, friends. I'm not surrounded by mountains back home. I love the beach. I love the sound of the beach. And when people tell me, Jem, let's climb a mountain. I said, no, no. I said, why? I'm an Israelite. Why do you mean? What do you mean you're an Israelite? I said, I murmur along the way. <laughs> friends, but you know what? The first time I climb a major mountain, it's, it's like almost a two-day climb. It was such a beautiful experience. Being alone in the presence of God, it's just worth all the tiredness that you have spent the whole day climbing the mountain. Away from the sound of traffic. Away from the sound of your neighbors, friends. Philippines, you could not get away from the sound of your neighbors. You don't need an alarm clock. <laughs> your neighbor wakes you up. <laughs> the, their problems wake you up. So friends, so Jesus was climbing together with his disciples. And friends, this is another 
look at this. Christ has lifted up, lifted burdens from mind, body, and many sufferers. He has sent the thrill of life through their enfeebled frames, but he is also compassed with humanity. And with his disciples, he is wearied with the ascent. Friends, come to think of it. The disciples does not preach. The disciples does not do the healing. Jesus is doing everything. And he is human. And friends, while he was climbing, he is weary too. And the description, the gloom of their surroundings seems in harmony with their sorrowful lives. Around where the clouds are gathering and thickening. Friends, just imagine this. While they're climbing, while they're being <laughs> burdened by the whole activity and the tiredness, and then the sun is about to set. Such a, such a dramatic picture, huh? That all this adds up. All this adds up to what they're experiencing. Friends, when the sun is out, it's just like the happiness is getting going away as well. That's why there's a lot of depression when it's winter. So friends, this is their experience. And the disciple was walking and they did not know until when is this hike or when is this hike going to end. But soon, Jesus stepped aside. Stepping aside from there, the man of sorrows pours out his supplication with strong crying and tears. So the moment they reached their place, Jesus did not just stop and relax. Now it's time for him to pray. Friends, the three disciples witnessed this, and it says here, He prays for strength to endure the test in behalf of humanity. In behalf of whom? So he was not just praying for himself. He's praying in behalf of you and me and in behalf of his disciples. And listen to this. He must himself gain a fresh hold of omnipotence. For only thus he can, he, can he contemplate the future. And then listen to this next line. He pours out his heart longings for his disciples. He pours out his heart longings for his disciples. He invited the disciples to join him, not just to pray with him, but he desires to pray for them. And this is the thing that I realized, friends. When God asks us to endure the night in prayer with him, the prayer is not just that we will have fellowship with Jesus. It's actually Jesus interceding for us. Can you say amen to that? And that just blew my mind, friends. I could see the picture of the character of Jesus here, that he is not just centered on himself, on his mission, but he is mostly centered on us. Even his prayer in Mount of the Transfiguration is mostly for his disciples. And as we go along, it, it even gives you a clearer picture of this beautiful Savior that, that really prays for us. Listen to this. The dew upon his head, upon his bowed form, is heavy, but he heeds it not. The shadows of the night gather thickly about him, but he regards not their gloom. So the hours pass by so slow. Have you experienced a day like that or a night like that? The hours pass by so slow. This is the night for Jesus. It passed by so slow. The shadows, okay. At first the disciples, remember, they were praying with Jesus. They heard the Savior, the Master, was crying, pouring out his heart. And for them, it touched their hearts. And they prayed with him. 
But later on, they were not able to. The question is, why? Why were they not able to pray alongside with Jesus? It says here, Jesus had told them of his sufferings. He has taken them with him that they might unite with him in prayer. And even now he is praying for them. And the Savior has seen the gloom of his disciples. And he has longed to lighten their grief by assurance that their faith has not been in vain. You know why, friends? You know what made them weary? This is the, the fact here. And I, I was... This, this spoke to my heart. What made them weary? Because in Matthew 16, verse 21 to 23, before climbing up the mountain, Jesus told them about his death. Jesus told them about his death. And this somehow gave them so much sorrow. So much sorrow. Why? Because of this. His loved disciples, absorbed in their own doubt and sorrow and ambitious hopes, had not comprehended the ministry, the mystery of his mission. And because of, of the fact that Jesus is going to die, it somehow affected the reason why they're following Jesus. They wanted Jesus to be king. And for Jesus to die? Oh, my hope would die. My reason for following him would die. And friends, for that thing, that sorrow kept on hovering over them. It's like a cloud. It's like a cloud that was hovering over them. And that somehow gave them a burden that was not the burden that Jesus has given them. That made them weary in praying with Jesus. Friends, their personal ambition somehow is the one that stopped them from bearing long with Jesus. Let us move on. It says here, the burden, the burden of his prayer is that they may be given a manifestation of the glory he had with his father before the world was, that his kingdom may be revealed to the human eyes, that his disciples may be strengthened to behold it. Friends, did you hear this? And when I read this, it just somehow, whew, it just gave me that, that thought that Jesus was praying to them, praying for them, that they may be able to behold his glory. Friends, no one has ever behold the glory of God and, and live. Would you agree? Can you say amen? Friends, just imagine this. Jesus wanted them to see who he was with his father, who he really is. And the Lord Jesus was somehow interceding for them that they may be able to behold and live while beholding the glory. Wow. And it says here, He pleads that they may witness a manifestation of His divinity that will comfort them in His hour of supreme agony. Friends, Jesus brought them there, not for Himself. He brought them there so that they will be able to bear the storm that is ahead. Come to think of this, friends. Whenever the Lord is somehow compelling us, whenever the Lord is somehow convicting us to spend time with Him, it is not for Him. It is for us that we be able to stand the storm. Friends, we have faced a storm in 2020. And we know for a fact that there's a, a storm stronger than the storm that happened in 2020. It will not get better. It will get worse. But... 
if we spend time with the one who comes the storm, our hearts will be calmed as well. Can you say amen to that? Friends, let us move on. And as, oh, his prayer, now Jesus' prayer was heard. While he is bowed in lowliness upon the stony ground, suddenly, now, before I go any further, I want you to imagine with me, you are in the garden with Jesus. And this is what happened, friends. Listen, his prayer is heard while he is bowed in lowliness upon the stony ground. Suddenly the heavens open. And the golden gates of the city of God are thrown wide. The holy radiance descends upon the mount, enshrouding the Savior's form. Divinity from within flashes through humanity and meets the glory coming from above. Isn't this a powerful scene? Whew. Divinity from within came out to meet the glory from above. Listen, friends. Now enshrouding the Savior's form, arising from his prostrate position, Christ stands in godlike majesty. Wow. Can you picture Jesus being the Son of God? Now, he's not the ordinary rabbi going around. He is God, majestic. The soul agony is gone. His countenance now shines as the sun, and his garments are white as the light. Can you say amen to this? Can you picture it? Friends, this is the thing that I realize as well. Most of the time when I spend time in the presence of God, I let go before the soul agony is gone. I let go before I experience divinity meeting humanity. And friends, it says here, the disciples awaking behold the flood of glory that illuminates the mount. In fear and amazement, they gaze upon the radiant form of their master. As they become able to endure the wondrous light, they see that Jesus is not alone. No, who is with Jesus. And friends, before I go on any further, I'd like to continue on with, with a testimony that I shared with you with an all-night prayer. And here I, I realize, friends, that coming to the Lord with your burdens, that's, that's needed. He asks us to come to Him with our burdens. That is just an introduction. But the Lord really wants us to see Him for who He is. Because the moment we focus on Him, our burdens are reduced or even eliminated. And when we, when we did an all-night prayer, uh, not an all-night prayer, and half-all-night prayer. I remember in Tanya's uh, church, uh, Bianca was there. We spent four hours, four hours in prayer. And that was December. That was the busiest, actually, week because there's an activity in Andrews. We have an activity two days after. So everyone was just busy, and we even thought of canceling the event. Because we, everyone, was just like doing a lot of things. And our prayer coordinator was about to leave the next week. So everyone was just like up to here when it comes to work. So friends, we were, we were thinking, should we go on with it or not? And Gabriel, Gabriel, the prayer partner, this is his first like sort of marathon of prayer. And he's concerned, how are we going to do it? I don't know if I'll... Be 
I'll, I'll stay awake because days before that, we were just like swamped with things that needs to get done. And that, that day, to be honest, to be honest, Bianca and Tonya, I was kind of disappointed. I'm thinking, I wish that it could be canceled, seriously. I wish that it could be canceled, but, but we were praying. And me and Gabriel were praying and said, what, what do you think? What you should do? And Gabriel and I prayed and said, the Lord has given me this conviction to go. That even though we don't want it, we are not, our hearts are not fully in it. Still, we, we went forward. And friends, you know what? We studied about this. We talked about this. And throughout the night, throughout the night, I could not remember that personal burdens was prayed for. We were just there basking in the presence of God. And you know what happened? When I checked my watch and I, I reminded the group, hey, didn't you know that we are almost three hours? And they said, what? We're almost three hours? And in, we thought that it was only 30 minutes. We thought that it was only 30 minutes. And no personal burden was lifted up. We actually, there was one burden focus that we prayed for. We prayed for missions. Remember that? We prayed for missions, and, and ASAP, we have this, this gift catalog, and we pass it around and, and just select which project that, we, that you'll be praying for, and we prayed for only like 10 minutes, and while praying, there were a lot of tears that were shed. We forgot about our burdens, and what burden was placed in our hearts was burden for the lost. And friends, it was a beautiful experience. <laughs> And you know what's interesting? We did not end at four hours. We end, I, I think, four hours, 30 minutes, and people still lingered. Past midnight, people were still there talking. What time did we start? I think 7 o'clock, isn't it? It was supposed to be 7 to 11. And friends, this is one another, another beautiful experience because one after another, they came to me, said, Brother Jem, Honestly, I was not planning to stay even for two hours. I was planning only to stay for an hour. I even told my husband, pick me up. So I texted her, don't pick me up. <laughs> I'm staying. And friends, you know what? At the end of four hours, remember, no personal burdens were lifted up. But when I asked everyone, who among you here came with a burden? Everyone raised their hand. Who among you here experienced that your burdens were lifted up? Everyone. I think everyone will even wants to jump out of their seat, raising their hands. Here I, I see, my dear friends. Yes, God desires for us to come to Him with our burdens. Can you say amen to that? I'm not saying that do not come to the Lord with your burden. It is one way for you to be reminded that we have to come to God. But the focus of our time with God should be Him. And then we will see, friends, that our burdens will vanish. And this is one thing now that I, that I realized. Remember I told you in the beginning, like I've spent a whole night in prayer so many times, so many years, and then I, I was still thinking, there's still something that's missing. Of all those all-night prayers, the focus was just a burden and not really Jesus. You know, that night was just so beautiful. We sing songs in the middle of our of our devotions in the middle of prayer, and even the song said, wow, that lyrics really hit us. Remember when we were singing at, at, uh, What a Friend We Have in Jesus, and the lyrics say, 
Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. And we will stop and we will just confess our, our joy to the Lord because of that reminder. Friends, it was such a beautiful experience basking in the presence of God. Tell you, friends, we experienced a little upper room experience there. And, and they asked me, Jem, when are we going to do this again? I said, when my schedule slows down, maybe. <laughs> but you don't have to wait for Jem to do it. Can you say amen? Friends, it was a beautiful experience. And I think, friends, if us as a church would spend time, come together before the presence of God, yes, praise God for your, for your burdens, Let's come together and bring that burden to the Lord and fix our eyes upon Jesus and contemplate on the beautiful character of Jesus. My dear friends, I believe that there's so much more than just lifting up a burden that will happen in our church. And I believe our church will begin to realize the true mission that God has given us. Because when come to think, come to think of this, it's difficult to do missions when you're carrying another load. Hmm? The Lord wants us to come to Him. To fix our eyes on Him and release that load. And when the load is taken, oh friends, we could climb mountains. Can you say amen? Oh, that amen is too, too weak. You want to carry that load? No. <laughs> so friends, let us move on. It says here, now, remember, Jesus was interceding for His disciples. Through, through being overcome with sleep, the disciples heard little of what passed between Christ and the heavenly messengers, which is Moses and Elijah. Failing to watch and pray, they had not received that which God desired to give them. Did you hear this? Jesus was interceding for them that they may receive a revelation of who he truly is. But because of failing to watch, to wailing to, to stay awake, my dear friends, they missed out. They missed out on the fullness of Christ was wanting to reveal to them. And again, friends, let's go back to what caused their sleepiness. It's the personal ambitions that was not laid out at the foot of the cross. Friends, it says here, this is what they missed out, a knowledge of the suffering of Christ and the glory that should follow. Friends, just imagine if they had a clear picture of what Christ will go through and the glory that would follow, will they be shaken in the times when Jesus was arrested? No. Peter would not have denied his Lord. They would have stood firm. They would have stood peaceful. They would have listened to the beautiful verse in Psalms 46, verse 11, Be still and know that I am God. Because they will have a revelation of who their master is. He is God. Friends, come to think of this. When you know that the one who's with you is the God of gods, the King of kings, and the Lord of lords, no matter how strong the storm is, you will stand still. You will be still. Can you say amen to this? Friends, I believe that this is one of the biggest reasons why the Lord is wanting us to spend time in His presence. Because the moment we do, 
will have a clearer picture of the God who comes the storm. Amen? Oh, it says here, next. Slow of heart, slow of heart to believe were the disciples, little appreciative of the treasure with which heaven sought to enrich them. They, and this is one amazing thing about God's grace, yet they received great light. They were given a clearer insight into the work of the Redeemer. They saw with their eyes and heard with their ears that were beyond the comprehension of men, that they were eyewitnesses to His majesty. And friends, do you believe that God could have given more? Can you say amen? God would have Jesus desired to give them more. But since they did not spend that time with Him, they did not receive as much. They realized that Jesus was indeed the Messiah to whom patriarchs and prophets had witnessed and that He was recognized as such by the heavenly universe. While they were still gazing on the scene upon the mount, a bright cloud overshadowed them and behold, a voice out of the cloud said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to Him. Just imagine, friends, it's not enough <laughs> that they have seen the godlike form of Jesus and now they heard the Heavenly Father say, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to Him. Wow. Friends, can you see God's compassion to His children? His desire for you and for me Let's not just look at the disciples. Let's, let's bring it to us right now. God's desire for you and for me to see who Jesus is. To know who is walking with us. Who is talking to us. Because the moment we realize that, my dear friends, I believe all our fears will be reduced to almost nothing. God is good. And friends, come to think of this right now. In this age that we're living in, mental health is a big, it's a big topic, isn't it? Huh? Especially when, when COVID hit. Oh, friends, just imagine the rate of suicide. The rate of suicide, friends, even went higher. Before COVID, you know what's the rate of suicide? Nearly 3,000 per day. Per day, 2,800 plus, nearly 3,000. It's, it's crazy how you see the enemy is trying to eliminate hope, to destroy the hopes of people that he may win people to his side. It is just like a, it's sad to say, but this is just like an opposite of what Pentecost should be. In God's time, Pentecost, every day, 3,000 at least. And now the enemy is working hard, my dear friends. 3,000, at least 3,000 to his kingdom. Isn't it sad? Does this make us even more anxious to be in the presence of God? My dear friends, if we behold him, whatever, whatever mental anguish that we have, we will have the answer in His presence. Can you say amen? We will have all the answers in His presence. Okay, let's move on. 
I was reading this morning. I was doing my devotional. And uh, I'm reading Prophets and Kings right now. And it's so amazing how the Lord just like brings about thoughts that will be useful for the message that, that I'll be sharing this morning. Remember when Isaiah declared in Isaiah 6, when he says, Woe unto me, for I am undone. I am a man of unclean lips. So when you look at that whole thing, Isaiah had a vision of God, had a vision of Jesus. And while I was looking at that, while I was looking at this verse, I begin to realize that Isaiah's experience was a disciple's experience in Mount of Transfiguration. Jesus was trying to reveal himself to the disciples, and now Jesus was trying to reveal himself to Isaiah. Because Isaiah was given this task of, wow, in one of the most difficult situations of Israel, of Judah, and he's, he's about to bear this bad news. He's a bearer of good news, but there's bad news that he needs to bear. Friends, I, actually, Isaiah shrank from, from, this, from this task. He felt so little. Have you felt that way? Who among you here has felt that way? In, in the call that God has given you. Friends, praise God if you felt little. Can you say amen to that? Oh, you know for a fact that you'll need him. You know for a fact that you could not survive a day without him. So friends, listen to this. Very interesting. It says here, the assurance, this assurance of the fulfillment of God's purpose. I'm jumping now to when, when Isaiah received the assurance from God. This assurance of the final fulfillment of God's purpose brought courage to the heart of Isaiah. What thought, what, what though early powers arrayed themselves against Judah, what though the Lord's messenger met with opposition and resistance, Isaiah had seen the king, the Lord of hosts. He had heard the song of the seraphim. The whole earth was full of his glory. Friends, just imagine this. Of all the fears that Isaiah was carrying in his heart, he has seen something greater than his fear. He has seen the glory of God. He has heard the angels sing. Isn't it amazing, friends, that you hear angels sing? Hear the right tone of their voices? Oh, listen. He had the promise that the message of Jehovah to backsliding Judah would be accompanied by the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. The prophet was nerved for the work before him. Did you hear this? The prophet was strengthened for the work before him by seeing God for who he is, by beholding heaven, by beholding the majesty of the one who has called him to do his work. Isaiah was strengthened, was given courage, was given confidence for the work that was before him. Friends, can you say amen to this? Isn't this beautiful that this is the God who has called us to do the work? Yes, it's overwhelming. Yes, it's way beyond what we can bear. But praise God, friends, when we realize that it's beyond what you can bear, because it's not going to be you who's going to be bearing it. It's going to be the God of gods, the King of Lord, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And listen, friends, throughout his long and arduous mission, he carried with him the memory of this vision. Did you hear this? Throughout his, 
his long mission, friends. He carried with him the memory of this vision. And it says, for 60 years or more. Wow. For what? 60 years or more. Who among you here uh, was there in the morning session yesterday with the uh, Pastor Adam Ramden? Remember that, that Mary Durand story? 38 years, friends. 38 years she stood and she would not budge because she has seen the glory of God. She has seen a clearer picture of who her God is. And friends, this is the reason why that the Lord is compelling His church to spend time with Him. That we will see what Isaiah, what Isaiah has seen. We will have a vision of what Mary Durand has seen. And we will see what the disciples should have seen. They have seen just a glimpse of what Jesus is wanting them to receive. But let us move on. It says here, For 60 years or more, He stood before the children of Judah as a prophet of hope, waxing bolder and still bolder in His predictions of the future triumph of the church. And I look up, I look up the, I look up this, this verses in Isaiah 6 in SDA Bible Commentary. I just look at Isaiah 6 verse 1. There's a lot of history there. But in just 6 verse 1, somehow gave me so much reason to smile. Listen to this, friends. In Isaiah 6 verse 1, when we read it, let's, let's look it up. Isaiah 6 verse 1. If you're there, say amen. If you're not there, say, wait for me. So this is, this is the picture here. King Uzziah died. This is the king of Judah. This is the king who, one of the faithful kings, and now the one who's fighting for the cause of God is not there anymore. And that's why Isaiah has, has this burden. What's going to happen to Judah? So it says here, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne. I saw the Lord what? Sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of His robe filled the temple. I just stopped there. Just the verse 1. I saw the Lord sitting on the throne. Even the king has died. Who is the one who is the real in charge? Who? Friends, knowing that God is in charge would give you peace or not. <laughs> Friends, listen to the Bible commentary. It says here, The Lord sitting upon a throne, God would have him know that in spite of all the might of Assyria, he was still the supreme upon his throne and in control of the affairs of earth. Can you say amen? Friends, even though, even though sometimes we are worried, oh, what leader do we have? What is the future of our church? What is the future of our nation? And you are somehow depressed by it. And I believe this is one thing that, that brings us into politics. We do not see who is really sitting on the throne. Can you say amen to that? When you know who's sitting on the throne, my dear friends, you would not be afraid who is the leader, who is the one in charge. It is him who is in charge, friends. It is him who moves the hearts of the, of the kings, the way he moves the waves. Listen, friends, Moses was accorded a similar vision of God. 
the vision that Isaiah had. That's in Exodus 24 verse 10. More than a century before Isaiah's time, the prophet Micaiah saw the Lord seated upon his throne in the armies of heaven standing by him. That's in 1 Kings 22 verse 19. Earlier, the reign of Uzziah, Amos also saw the Lord standing by the altar in the temple court. In Amos 9 verse 1, later during the Babylonian captivity, Daniel had the same vision of the king sitting on his throne, Daniel 7 verse 9. Ezekiel, the same thing. Ezekiel 1 verse 1 and 10, 1 to 5 saw visions of the Lord upon his throne as did John on the Isle of Patmos in Revelation 4, 1 to 6. Friends, have you seen the similarity here? All these godly men. 1 Kings 22 verse 19. That was uh, in, in Moses 24 verse 10, Exodus 24 verse 10, Amos 9 verse 1, and Daniel 7 verse 9, Ezekiel 1 verse 1, and 10, 1 to 5, and Revelation 4, 1 to 6. Friends, come to think of this. These are the people who stood strong. These are the people who were resilient in the cause of God. Why? Because they had that vision. Of Christ being on the throne. Can you say amen? Isn't it amazing that we will sit with him on his throne? Isn't it amazing? Friends, can you see the picture here? That when we spend time with God in prayer, we are ushered to the throne. When we behold him, my dear friends, what is there to move us? Friends, you believe, you know for a fact that we are going to be facing something that we're going to be shaking our faith. We're going through a shaking. And that's why the Lord, the way He is wanting His disciples to spend time with Him in prayer, in that all-night prayer on the mount is the same invitation that He is doing to His church right now. What the disciples have faced, have tested their faith to the utmost. But friends, come to think of it, the moment the disciples received the anointing power of the Holy Spirit, the, the moment their eyes were opened when they see who was walking with them, when they begin to realize that the God of gods, the King of kings, and the Lord of lords are the one that was teaching them, they went back again to what he was talking about. And finally, they understood Praise God for the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? And the moment, friends, that the ministry, that the mystery of the ministry of Christ, of the mission of Christ was clear to them, they did not care about their lives. They were willing to lay their lives on the line for Him. Friends, have you noticed something in common with the disciples when they were, when they're put to death and the martyrs that Pastor Adam Ramden was talking about even those who recanted and came back later on and recanted the recantation. They were there singing. Even one said, put the flame near my face, near my hand. Friends, the moment we see a clearer picture of God, even the scariest thing in our lives will not be scary anymore. Because you'll see a clearer picture of who your God is of who has called you. Friends, the way Isaiah, Solomon, Ezekiel, 
Amos, John, the reason why they stood firm in the end is because they have seen a clearer picture of their God on the throne. That God is the one in charge, not mine and not us. It says here, friends, when perils encompass God's people and the powers of darkness seem to prevail, God calls them to look up to him, seated upon his throne and directing in the affairs of heaven and earth in order that they may take hope and courage. Friends, this is the God that we serve. He wants us to, to have hope, to have courage. He wants you to stay still in the midst of the waves, in the midst of the wind, because he is stronger than the waves. He's stronger than the wind. He created all the elements of nature. Is obeyed by nature, friends. Is obeyed by nature. And friends, since we have a little time, I'll just read this, this thought here. The moment they, they descended from the Mount of Transfiguration, absorbed in thought, the disciples were awed and silenced. Even Peter had not a word to say. Would you believe Peter became silent? <laughs> Friends, Peter became speechless. And here I could see as well, the moment we see who God really is, we could not say anything anymore. It's like case closed. For millennials right now, it's like mic drop. Nothing. And friends, listen. Jesus told them this. Tell the vision to no man until the Son of Man rise again from the dead. Just imagine you have seen something really beautiful and powerful. And Jesus is telling you, don't tell anyone until I rise from the dead. Friends, I don't know about you. With that secret, I, it's so hard to keep. Isn't it? Huh? And I realized later on, friends, why Jesus was, was telling them, do not share it to anyone. God wants them to really meditate on what they have witnessed. And why the Lord has brought the three of them. Because these three played a very important role when Jesus left the flock. Peter became the leader of the group. James was the first one to face death for persecution. He became the first martyr among the disciples. And the third one, John, was the last to die. Friends, isn't this amazing that God brought the three disciples not just to comfort him, but he brought the three disciples to strengthen them for what is ahead. Hence, when God is calling us to draw near to him, it's not because that he just wants your companionship. It's because that he wants to strengthen you. He wants to strengthen your faith, to strengthen your courage to the storm that is ahead. Spend time with him. It's not for him. It is for us to say amen to that. Oh, and you know the rest of the story. I'll not elaborate on it. <laughs> Moment, they arrive at the scene where there was some commotion there. Friends, just imagine their faces were shining. 
the faces were shining. And did, Jesus did not say much to drive away the evil spirit that's possessing the boy. And it was not just the evil spirit that was silenced. Even the Pharisees, even the Sadducees who was trying to mock the ministry of Jesus was silenced. Hence, there's one thing that I, I want to end here. The enemy will be silenced if we have been soaked with the presence of Jesus. Ministry would just be the byproduct of the time that we spend with the Savior. Do not leave his presence until you are brought to the throne room. Can you say amen? amen. Until you see a vision of the God that you serve. Or whatever it is that the enemy will throw at you, it will never move you. Because you see a God who is immovable. With that being said, I think it's time to pray. And friends, let's, let's do the same thing that we did last time. Can we turn to the person near us? Let's, let's, spend, let's spend two or three minutes. In our prayers, let us also pray that we will have the desire and intentionality to spend in the throne room with Jesus. Can you say amen to that? At the end of two or three minutes, I lead into a song, and it means to say that uh, we're about to end. We could, we could start praying. For more about Jesus, more, more about Jesus, more of His saving fullness see, more of His love who died for me. Father, Lord, that is our prayer, that we'll desire to have more and more of you. Dear God, we pray for Lori, we pray for Monica. Dear Lord, we praise you and we thank you that you are the God who is the healer of the brokenhearted. And you are the God who heals our diseases. And Lord, we praise and we thank you that there's so much more than healing that you desire to give us. You desire to give us you. So Lord, I ask in a very special way that as we leave this this room right now, may we all have unrushed time with you, dear Lord. Help us, dear Father, to, to, to get soaked in in your presence and to have the picture what Isaiah had, had seen, what Daniel had seen, what John had seen. Thank you so much, Lord. Thank you that you are in charge and not us. Thank you that you are sitting on the throne room. We give you back all the praises, the glory, and the honor. And we pray all this in the loving and precious name of your son, Jesus, all your children say, Amen. To listen to more of these presentations, you may visit the audio archives at misda.org slash audio 22 or search for Michigan Conference Camp Meeting wherever you get your podcasts.